Hey everybody, this is Jeff Ashkin in Los Angeles, California. Before we start our episode today, I just want to take a moment to say Black Lives Matter. In addition, all of us here at Coast to Coast to Coast completely support the efforts on police reform in America and the demilitarization of the police force. As for me personally, I'm going to work on being more informed and an ally to those seeking reform. I recommend making sure you're registered to vote and then voting your conscience when the time comes. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Today we have another Coast to Add, our special guest, artist and filmmaker, Wes Gunn, who joins us on the Malaysian coast. Hey, Wes, how are you? All right, Jeff, how are you? I'm all right. Wes and I uh, met in college long ago, many years ago. Yeah, UCF, we were in the (laughs) writing for TV and film class. One of the main reasons I invited Wes here today was because we're going to discuss artists and artistry and our top three favorite artists. So the topic is, who are your top three favorite artists? And we're gonna have, uh, I guess we'll go round robin here, start with your third choice, and we'll uh, go around the room. Wes, do you wanna go first? All right, well, uh, one of the artists uh, that I've been following for a little while, her name is Lena Victor. I'm not sure where she's based, like either London or New York. She's got a lot of different styles going. She has like a series of uh, sculptural paintings that are just like filled with these kind of like low relief patterns and shapes and things. And then also has like uh, these portraits that are sort of like combinations of photography, painting sets and costuming with like some body paint on the figures they might be self-portraits i'm not sure but i think that what i like about it is they're so full of detail and uh, kind of convey this uh kind of like cosmic other dimension like some other supernatural world and um i think her website is lena victor.com or something uh i have to look it up again but um it's like a lot of mixed media work uh sculpture painting photography and um i just think it's like really it's like otherworldly and very detailed and um i like it a lot well i was gonna ask uh where you discovered her how did you find out about her yeah. Uh, through Instagram, I've been finding like a lot of artists like over the past couple of years on Instagram, and uh, like people are just from all over the world, and uh, so she's one of them. And I'm still not sure where she's actually based, but uh, according to her biography, it's like she grew up in London. She had uh, parents from her parents were from Africa, and uh, so she's got like a lot of sort of. Uh, Style-wise, it looks like a lot of like African motifs. Um, it's almost like uh, Gustav Klimt a little bit because she's got these portraits, and then the, like the rest of the frame will just be filled with pattern. Um, so it's uh, it's like it's kind of like a visual treat. There's so much to look at. I don't know. It's just like very sumptuous. 
I yeah. like that. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Instagram as as your form of discovery, because I I, I was a little ashamed uh, for my artists uh, that some of them came from Instagram. But now that I know that that like a real artist discovers people <laughs> on Instagram, that then I feel less ashamed about it. So, but no spoilers. We'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, hearing, Wes, even just your first choice, I'm glad that we're doing this with you because I, I get the feeling that you're going to give us some good inspiration that we probably would not have happened upon on our own. So I, I have a feeling our choices might be different, but I like, I'm like i looking forward to hearing your choices. And, and it's great to hear, have like these people that aren't necessarily as well-known, but maybe, in your opinion, deserve more recognition. Uh, in light of the current mood culturally in the world, uh, <laughs> I felt like uh, I should highlight a couple uh, black artists that uh, I feel inspired by. All right, who wants to go next? Um, I guess I could go next. So, yeah, I, I just want to preface this by saying I was, for the vast majority of my life, I was the kind of person who was not interested in art. Um, I was the kind of person who would walk into an art museum and kind of finish the museum after about five minutes because I didn't really understand art and I didn't know how to enjoy it. Um, I guess if you're like listening to music or watching a film, there's a definite start and end. But with art, I just wouldn't really understand how, like how much time I'm supposed to spend in front of the art pieces and what I'm supposed to get from them. And it wasn't until I took um, a trip to Italy, um, I went to some great museums, and then to contrast that, I took to, I took a trip to France uh, the following year. And in the in the year be, in between those two trips, I read um, several books about art. Um, namely, there's a book called The Story of Art by E. H. Gombrich. Um, don't know if you've heard of it, uh, Wes, but um, this book really helped me understand a lot of different genres of art. And, What's the name uh, of it again? This it's called the Story of Art. I think I've heard of it, but I've never. It's not uh, a recent read book. It. Um, but I feel like it's very concise and but also very thorough at the same time. And it's not too beginnery. Like it's it doesn't like just give you like the very, very basics. It like actually goes into detail, but it doesn't get, it never gets too complex where like you have to be an art major to understand it. So it like straddles the perfect line and um, also separates architecture and art into two different categories. So if you're interested in both, you can read them both. But if you just want to do like painting styles and you can skip the architecture um, chapters. So there, it goes, it it's just like the perfect intro. And I guess what happened with me was, um, and if you're listening to this and you maybe don't have an interest in art yet, I encourage you to maybe try this or a similar book. Because for me, uh, I went from literally having no interest in the subject to just going to as many museums around the world as I could and trying to enjoy the different styles of art. And this book uh, was one of the things that helped me um, make that leap. And it's just like it... it you can understand, you can appreciate art a lot more when you understand the background, like not just what's painted on the canvas, but every art movement is 
basically a response to something that happened before it or the environment that's happening at that time. And understanding the context goes a long way in understanding the art. And so um, for a long time, I, and I only respected really like French art and Italian art for a long time. And I, I say, mentioned those because it's like you have the great masters of the Renaissance. And I always thought those were cool because there was also the historical aspect, like those people were historically, um, you know, they, they come up in history books as well. So it's like, yeah, you have Michelangelo and Da Vinci and, you know, they're important. But um, I guess it, it was in more recent years that I'd started to appreciate other forms of art as well. Um, so one of the styles is uh, North European art. Um, the first artist I'm going to mention is uh, was a formative influence on the Dutch Golden Age of painting. And uh, his name is uh, Peter Bruegel the Elder. Um, Bruegel was an artist from the early 1500s to mid 1500s, uh, born in the Netherlands, and um, he has a his art style is one that focuses on landscapes and peasant scenes, uh, things that kind of seem mundane. Uh, very different from what other artists were painting at that time in the 15 when you think of 1500s you think of like these vast like church inspired um renaissance or al allegorically inspired um you know lush paintings um like probably mostly coming from italy um but there's a lot of great things happening in other parts of the world as well um particularly in northern europe and um, you can understand, you can see it from a historical spec perspective where like artists from who are closer to Italy, uh, obviously closer to um, Vatican City where the Pope is. And so those that art is going to be have a is going to have a stronger focus on religion. But as you get further away from that and you get to colder and clim colder climates when you move to the north, you see that the north european artists tend to focus on things that are just more day-to-day -day or on still lifes because they spend more time indoors rather than outdoors and um so with that in mind you, you really get a sense for what was going through you know brugel's mind when he just decided to paint uh, what was around him and i just i love the way he uses um colors i love the way he contrasts like browns and greens and um his like his art is, is very rooted in reality, but it also has um, some some cool elements to it that that make it, you know, like you almost feel like you could jump into the paintings, but then it also has like this storytelling uh, fairy tale aspect to it as well. And um, there's a he has a lot of great paintings. Um, one of them I like. There's a famous one called Netherlandish Proverbs, which um, it it's not only is it a scene of like peasants uh just in a town doing day-to-day -day stuff together but like every action that's in the painting is like um a proverb painted in in art form so there's like so much you can do to um interpret there's so much to be interpreted in the in that piece particularly but anyway um i like his work a lot and uh he's one of the artists that helped me appreciate you know, non, non, like, what's the word? Like those soup, the super Renaissance masters, like aside from those, like you don't hear the word 
I guess you don't hear Bruegel like thrown around with names like Da Vinci and, and Michelangelo so often, but um, I consider him one of my favorites. Now, I just looked him up on Google, Derek, and I see that he had a son, Peter Bruegel the Younger, yeah. who also painted. Now, you would say that he's garbage and we should <laughs> only look at his father, the Elder. Well, I, I actually debated because um, I debated whether I should mention Peter the Elder or his family because he has uh, a couple um, son or no his uh, his son has a son uh, Jan Bruegel and yes um, I see that yeah so he's also a painter and then he has a son who's also a painter and so like they kind of continue the line of artwork from the original Peter the uh, the Elder. And um, what, what was cool, I went to an art exhibit in Tokyo uh, about a year ago that was all the Bruegel family art. And each floor was like a different member of the family. It was pretty cool because like you got, not only did you get an idea of like the differences between the family members, but also the similarities. And so um, I do like his, his son as well. Um, I wouldn't consider it garbage. <laughs> Were any of the family members uh, bad at art? Like when you went to the different <laughs> sections of the family members, <laughs> was one family member clearly worse than the, than the others? Um, just doodle, just doodles on the top floor. <laughs> <laughs> just stick figures. Peter Bruegel the eighth. He's just like <laughs> not. not he, he went into plumbing, so his art not not. His as talent known. was diluted over the centuries. Yeah, there was definitely a dilution, I would say, over the over the many generations. Um, but I I like the original the most. But I, I do like his his uh, his extended family to an extent. I would say. <laughs> I also just looked him up, and I realized this is the same. This is the painter that painted the famous uh, uh, painting of uh, the Tower of Babel. Yes, the Tower I, of Babel yeah. painting he has is also, if you see it, you'll probably be like, oh, I've seen that before. It's kind of a common representation of the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, that's, I a, just, that's a painting I've always loved. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's got that like kind of <laughs> um, fantasy, but still kind of rooted in reality type of um, style. And uh, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Um, all right, who wants to go? Roy, do you want to go? And I'll go, or do you want or I can go next? Uh, I guess I'll go. Um, okay. No, I, I liked what Derek said uh, uh, to preface his list about uh, appreciating art more when, when he read that book, The Story of Art. Uh, I guess I find that interesting because I think uh, I basically have the same views you did uh, before reading that book, but like I still have those views. Right. Um, as far as uh, when I go to museums, I, I I do appreciate the artistry and and the 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 level of talent and also the history. But then, if I ask myself, like, would I put this up in my house as a painting? Uh, most of the time, the answer is no. Uh, so that probably maybe that makes me a philistine, or maybe I should read that book, uh, uh, the story of art. Um, and, and I would uh, be wiser, but um, but be that as it may. So on my list, I really only have one quote unquote 
famous painter that that would be in a museum and that would be a uh, Rene Magritte who uh if you're not familiar I don't know some of you might know him but his most famous piece is um the son of man which is the painting of the guy in a business suit but there's like a green apple just in front of his face obscuring his entire face that's uh that piece is pretty well known um and it, it's like a surrealist piece of art. His whole, uh, he's a surrealist painter from, uh, from Belgium. And uh, in, in general, I, I, I like surrealist art because there's always, it seems like there's a story behind every painting um, because it's not rooted in reality. So then I, I look at a surrealist art, art piece and I'm like, well, well, what kind of message is, is he trying, is he or she trying to display here? Um, and I like McGree. I think I like him more than than say Dolly. Um, <laughs> sacrilege to the to the surrealism community. Um, wow. but uh, yeah, I just think his um for me his his paintings um evoke more uh conversation, more internal dialogue for me as as far as like like what the heck is going on here. Um, he has uh his other well-known pieces um was it the lover he has a lot of well-known pieces actually uh the lovers which is like a, a guy and a a man and woman kissing but they both have sheets over their faces um which is pretty well known but uh yeah as far as uh like artists so the re- the way i discovered him is that he has uh paintings in the moma um the one i saw in the moma was uh the menaced assassin which uh you might have seen as well which is like uh this guy has just murdered a young lady uh but then you see that there are other people hiding out ready to murder him um it's it's just, it's, it's like a painting that tells a story which i like i guess all paintings do that <laughs> um, but uh yeah i i just uh every piece i always i have to analyze it because they're not rooted in reality, so so then I, I have to ask like like w- what kind of message is, is he going for here? So so yeah, I, I like uh, Rene Magritte's paintings. For my choice for my number three is an artist I discovered uh, recently, and she is a photographer, but she mimics the Baroque style of painting in her work. Baroque meaning the uh, type of style of painting where a lot of angels and they're flying and doing stuff like this. And she does that in her photography underwater. Her name is Christy Lee Rogers. Uh, have you heard of her? Anybody? No, no, I haven't. Okay. But if it's not Baroque, don't fix it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you can see her work on Instagram and it's very beautiful. She's, she has her, uh, her models underwater and the way that they're structured it's like a painting, but it's done in a way that you you basically know what she's mimicking, but it's with you know in photography, and it's very beautifully done. And I feel like you're getting two impressions. One, you're getting you know an impression of uh, what the subject's about, and you also are admiring the technical skill because I mean, as someone, I know Roy does photography, and I've done very little photography, but it's very hard to f- photograph underwater for me. I don't know, but. I've just I've just admired how she can get so much stuff in subject in frame and make it clear underwater. I, I just 
I think it's very difficult, and I admire that, and I think her work is very uh, distinctive and pretty. So it's so my the, third choice. Sorry. I'm looking at it now. These, these are photos? That yeah. They don't even look like photos. They, it almost looks like she painted them. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. badass. Right? Yeah. I, that, so she was, <laughs> she's been on my radar, and uh, I feel like uh, I, I think eventually you know, she's going to get more and more famous as time goes on. We'll see. Maybe I'll see her work out here. Um, at the Broad is the Broad is pretty good about getting new pieces and things. So that's more of a modern art museum. That's like to me like the noisiest museum I've ever been to. And I say that as a compliment. Usually, those museums are kind of hushed and quiet. But the Broad, I felt like there was a lot of chatter, which is unusual for an art museum, which I appreciated. Anyway, that's some observation. Definitely a lot to talk about um, with amongst the art pieces. Yeah, because it's, all right. it's all. Um, like interpretive modern yeah. art. So I remember Jeff, when you and I went there for the first time, we we had like a discussion about every art piece, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, who's I, uh, the guy who does the uh, the balloon doggies? Jeff Coons. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. I like the doggies. Yeah, that was good. And it's funny. I remember reading about his work, and he basically says he was very straightforward and said, "My inspiration is joy. I just like to do something that brings joy into the world, and these do it for me." And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, not for not for Derek though, because he hates dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you get frustrated if people pronounce that museum as the Broad rather than the Broad? You know, <laughs> it's uh, considering I know people who do that. I, I would say yes and no because yes, I, I get annoyed, but also no because I'd hate having to do the correcting because then I look like a jerk. <laughs> it's like, oh, excuse me. Uh, Actually, it's, it's like it's it's pronounced the the like. There's no good way of saying it because every time you do it, you sound like a like a jerk. You know what I mean? Like you sound like you're a pretentious, you know, got person. Because I have to say, like, um, I, even if I say it like politely, like, oh, just so you know, they pronounce it uh, the Broad. Oh, 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 okay, man. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> Big shot artist over here. Yeah. And then no, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I um. I taught for a summer in um, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Mm. And that's how you say it, Lancaster. It's spelled, it looks like Lancaster, right? Exactly how, how you would think Lancaster would be pronounced. But it's Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And if you say it wrong, uh, the amount of mock, mocking and ridicule that's directed your way is, uh, it's, it's really undeserved. It's like very unnecessary. but. Uh, you're treated like a social pariah if uh, if you say Lancaster. It's <laughs> like they banish you from the city. Understandably, though. Anyway. <laughs> Understandably, yeah. yeah. So, anyone does anyone have anything they want to recommend? Wes, let's go with you. Anything? All right. Well, I've already recommended uh, a couple games, but um, I I want to recommend a show on Netflix. <clears throat> I don't know if any of you have already watched it. I I watched it a couple months. Uh, it's called Tuca and Birdie. And, yeah, uh, I've seen. It's, yeah, I've it's seen like that. one of the funniest shows I've seen in like a long time. Like I put it up on the same, it, I don't know, within the same categories like uh, Rick and Morty and Big Mouth, just in terms of like my personal enjoyment of the show. Um, but I finding out about it, I didn't uh, even know about it. Like it didn't even pop up on my Netflix feed until like early this year 2020 and by that time 
which was only like 10 months after it was released on Netflix, it had already been canceled. Uh, it was like canceled like within three months and it, there's like been some sort of fan backlash and I was delighted to find out that Adult Swim has picked it up for the second season. Um, it's, a, it's a really funny show. It's uh, created by Lisa Hanawalt who designed BoJack Horseman and uh, it stars Tiffany Haddish as Tuka and Ali Wong as Bertie. And I highly recommend it. Tune in next week for part two of our discussion on our top three favorite artists.